of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, with the Chiefs beating the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 last weekend, officially the NFL season came to a close with the Chiefs winning their second title in four years. So that's the team everybody is looking up at in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes leading the way. That means the offseason will be upon us before you know it officially, and you'll be able to sign free agents and start making trades and whatnot and all that good stuff. So let's talk about the Super Bowl and the look ahead to what the Browns might be doing this offseason by going to the hotline right now and bring in the outstanding Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com, Illyria Chronicle, Telegram, Medina Gazette, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Scott Petrak. He is Scott Petrak. Scotty, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, we're great, man. We appreciate it. There's never an off-season, really, when we're talking Browns because uh, they always give us something to talk about, and we'll get to them in a second, Scotty. But I want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. I believe you picked Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes uh, to win that sucker, even with that high ankle sprain, and they did. Uh, how bad do you think that ankle really was, Scotty? And did we get fooled by that? Or no, he just, uh, you know, Willis read it and uh, ended up winning the whole damn thing on that bad ankle. Actually, I picked the Eagles in a close one because I thought the ankle might affect him more. Um, Yeah, and, you know, it it affected him a little bit, but not enough. He came up hobbling a couple times throughout the playoffs, but he had a big, I think it was 26-yard scramble late in the game that was pivotal. He made a bunch of clutch throws. Uh, I think he's just just amazing. You know, high ankle sprains are a big deal. Yeah, he had a few weeks before the Super Bowl for it to calm down a little bit. But I think it's just, you know, the best player in the league fighting through something and still playing at an incredibly high level. Scotty, a couple of things about that game. First and foremost, the old cliche apparently doesn't uh, have anything to do with Super Bowl 57. Defense definitely didn't win that championship. (laughs) But the other thing was this. And you're watching Patrick Mahomes. and Whether or not he had a busted up ankle or not, the fact remains, didn't have the greatest wide receivers in the world. No more Tyreek Hill. So you wonder and you think about the Browns and we need more help at wide receiver, or do we just need more dynamic play from our quarterback? Your thoughts? Yeah, I think if you're going to pay Deshaun Watson 45 or $6 million and you're going to trade a whole bunch of draft picks and take on all the controversy, you need your quarterback to play at a level that approaches Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if you can ask him to play at that level because Mahomes is best quarterback in the league and looks like he's on a trajectory to be one of the best quarterbacks ever, but you certainly need Watson to play like a top five guy. And part of that responsibility then is lifting the talent around you like Mahomes does. Now that doesn't mean the Browns can't go add receivers, right? And add a tight end. Cause I think they will do that. And I think you have to try to surround your quarterback with as much talent as possible, make life as easy as possible. But to me, the reality is, the quarterback is responsible for a ton and for playing at an incredibly high level regardless. And then if you add on the money that Watson's making, then I think it's just even more imperative that he plays like an elite quarterback. 
Scotty, this league, where do they go now? The the guaranteed money that the Browns are paying Deshaun Watson. We start thinking ahead to Jalen Hurts' next contract, Lamar Jackson's contract. Where do you think this all falls in line with what we're paying Deshaun Watson? Um, and the interesting thing will be the guaranteed money, right? From a year, from a you know salary standpoint per year, um, I think they'll eclipse Watson. You know, and the question is, I think Mahomes is the highest at you know fifty million. Um, you know, maybe they fall short of that because Mahomes is Mahomes. But you know how history works. The the newest guys get the most money, right? The latest mm-hmm. guys to sign the contracts. It just keeps going up and up. So I think from that standpoint, you'll see guys, Hertz and whoever it is coming up, make as much, if not more, than Watson. The question is, will anybody be willing to spend the 230 fully guaranteed that the Haslam's did on Watson? And obviously it looks like the Ravens want to draw a line and stand there and not pay it to Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, it's tough to, you know, would Philly do it? I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. It's Joe Burrow. When Burrow gets his extension, but, you know, the owner has to have that much money to put in escrow. Um, do the Bengals, you know, does Mike Brown have $240 million? I don't know. So, that to me, that's what we don't know yet, and it'll be interesting because I think somebody will get it. I just don't know when that'll happen, if it happens this year, next year, or the year after. Scotty Petrak, our guest, happy to have him with us talking Cleveland Browns football, uh, Super Bowl 57 football. Do you believe the Eagles – are a team to be reckoned with for real like the Chiefs are winning two Super Bowls in the last four years? Are, are the Eagles the class of, of the NFC right now, or was this a one-year wonder, Scotty? That's a great question. Um, I think they're good, and I think much of it is sustainable, and I really like their co- or their GM, Howie Roseman, seeing that he rebuilt the organization and rebuilt the roster to get back to the Super Bowl you know, five years after their last appearance with a new coach and mostly a new roster. But I need to see more out of Jalen Hurts. I thought he played yeah. really well this year. Right? Played at an MVP level. Played outstanding in the Super Bowl. You know, for me, a question about him was, how well does he throw? And he made four or five throws in the Super Bowl that were outstanding and gave the Eagles the chance to win. Um, but I need to see him do it over an extended period, just like we've seen Mahomes do it for an extended period. And then I also think... You know, the Eagles are going to have to pay Hurts, so that affects their roster construction. they got a bunch of free agents, like big, important free agents, coming up this year. So I think they'll be good, but I don't know if heading into next year I would make them the favorite in the NFC. It seems as though the AFC is the NBA West, right? And we're the East, and it's unfortunate because right now when you think about it, I don't know if there's any other really great teams in the NFC, Kenny. 49ers, maybe? I mean, I don't know if anybody can really challenge this team. Moving forward, usually the team that loses the Super Bowl doesn't show up the following year. We saw the Bengals make it to the AFC Championship game. Maybe they should have won it. Maybe they're not the best team. Maybe they ran up against Patrick Mahomes, and we all know how that ends up. Scotty, since I mentioned the NBA, this is on the top of my mind, too. Is Jimmy Haslam buying in to a portion of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's trying to. Uh, you know, nothing's official yet, but I know that he's had discussions. I know that he's interested. It's not the first time he's been interested in joining an NBA team um, as part of the ownership group. He had discussions with the Minnesota Timberwolves a couple years ago. So, oh. you know, you saw it with the Haslam's and the Columbus crew. 
they're looking to expand their professional sports team ownership um, portfolio. And the next stop is the NBA. So even if it's not the 25% of the bucks, I think it'll be someone or some other team soon because they seem um, really motivated to do that. Does that take away from the everyday involvement with the Browns? Should they do that, or is that just a money grab? They put the money in, and they'll collect the money at the end of each year with the profits from the NBA. Yeah, I think it's more than just a money grab, Kenny. The way it was explained to me is the Bucks have – an ownership where it's split four ways. So the 25%, I know it's minor, a minority stake, but I, I think they rotate, like, who's in charge. I mean, it seems silly, but that's what I was told. So um, I don't think they would just go in and be um, a silent partner. I think they'd go in and they would have a role in running the Bucks. And, you know, I mean, you could talk about would it distract them, would it take away energy or resources. You know, I don't think it would. I think they have enough people in place enough experienced people in place and for all the talk we've had about you know do they meddle too much um i don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing that they would have uh, other interests and not be solely focused on the browns well based on their track record in cleveland i hope they do get to run the team in milwaukee because that'll <laughs> be right? better for the cavaliers scotty they'll screw them all up in milwaukee well i mean that's that's an interesting you know kind of sidebar to this is you know, the, the Haslam's are at a lot of Cavs games. If you watch, the, their season tickets are kind of behind the one basket. You can see Jimmy or J.W. Johnson um, back there just watching on TV. So, you know, they're big NBA fans. You know, they're big Cavs fans. But, you know, that's an interesting dynamic is if, you know, it's the Bucks cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, <laughs> you're rooting against um, the guys that own one of your teams, you know. But the right. Cavs aren't for sale, so – I guess I understand it. Scotty, when free agency opens Wednesday, March 15th, these guys going to be real active right out of the chute, or are they going to be more worried about restructuring maybe some of the other contracts? Well, they can restructure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be announced that day, but I'm sure that those discussions either have taken place or will take place shortly, maybe at the Combine, right? I don't think that'll be their number one priority when free agency starts. I think they're going to make a splash. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying – they're going to go sign the top D tackle, D end, and receiver, but I think they'll sign a big name, big money free agent. The question is, what position are they able to do it at? What position do they focus on? Mm. You know, my I'm leaning toward defensive tackle, but you know, you can make an argument for defensive end. You could make an argument for receiver. I don't love that argument as much, given our talk a little bit earlier about the quarterback's role and the fact you already have Amari Cooper. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those, at least one of those three spots, and I think it'll be a big-name, big-money guy. Should we maybe push the brakes a little bit on defensive tackle after what we saw Sunday in the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I mean, first of all, and I get it, right? It's a Super Bowl. It's a championship. But it's one game, right? Defensive tackles matter. They mattered all year for the Eagles. The Eagles got to the Super Bowl because they had an outstanding defensive line. Now, to me, the key to the Super Bowl was, besides Patrick Mahomes, was the fact that the Chiefs' offensive line held up against that the best defensive line in the league, and that's okay. a credit to the Chiefs' offensive line, but it doesn't reduce the importance of the defensive line. Chris Jones is probably the third-best player on the Chiefs, 
at D-tackle. He's a big reason they went to the Super Bowl, especially with the plays he made against the Bengals. So it's still incredibly important. Uh, The Browns obviously have big needs there. I would argue they need two new guys, probably two new starters, especially if you're going to run Jim Schwartz's scheme that requires, um, you know, talent across the front four. So to me, that's, that's probably the number one priority just because you have two holes. I think the opposite end of Miles Garrett, you know, the end opposite Miles Garrett is probably more important individually, but you have two needs in the interior. Well, then that being said, the most next logical question would be, how do we get the Browns offensive line on the same level as the Chiefs? I, I, JT, I kind of think it's there. I think from an individual perspective, you know, Joe Batonio is the best guard in the league. Why Teller's a pro bowler recently. Jack Conklin's been an all-pro if he's healthy. Uh, Jed Wills is the number 10 pick in the draft, and I know he has faults, but he's still a quality left tackle. It's a matter of playing well at key moments and guys staying healthy. So I think if you go position by position, I don't think the Chiefs have some crazy advantage. I just they played really well. They have talent. They've you know, invested resources there just like the Browns have. The Browns have a question at center. Do they bring back Ethan Posick or do they let, you know, they turn to Nick Harris? Uh, but I think the offensive line is not an issue. It just needs to play well at the critical times. All right, I'm going to throw a name your way, Scotty. Tell me if this is somebody you think they have interest in uh, looking at that defensive line. Uh, Darren Payne or Deron Payne yeah. from Washington, defensive tackle. So he's on the inside. Uh, he's one of the top ten free agents coming out this year. Is this a player that uh, we'll hear them discussing or his name will pop up in these coming weeks, you think? I think so, Kenny. I think it's him and Javon Hargrave uh, used to be with the Steelers and you know, yep. spent the last few years with the Eagles. He's a little older, and I don't know which way the Browns want to go. You know, I don't know if they want to go because I would assume Payne would make more money because he's younger, um, sign a longer-term deal. Maybe the Browns say, hey, we like Hargrave. He has experience with Jim Schwartz. Uh, you know, you can get him on a shorter-term deal so you don't lock in as long. Um, but I think those are the two names. To me, those are the two biggest names going to be available at the tackle and free agency. And I would expect the Browns to go try to get one of those guys. Yeah, I think so too, Scotty. When you say big splash at their biggest need, because this is their opportunity, right? They don't have that first-round pick, and they're waiting till the 43rd pick of the second round to get somebody there. So if you're trying to you know, get an impact player, it's not going to be a rookie in the second round, right? So it's going to have to be uh, early day one a free agency or another you know, blockbuster trade or big trade with a team that's trying to dump some salary. I completely agree. And like I said, you know, the end, but – Andrew Barry, you know, he's, you know, he's kind of gone with that second-level guy opposite Miles Garrett, whether it's Olivier Vernon or Jadavion Clowney, right? So I don't think the marquee signing is going to be the top D end because I just don't think they're going to invest, you know, 40 or $50 million between two ends. And then, so then the question becomes, is it D tackle or wide receiver? And, uh, you know, I know there's a push from some people that it's wide receiver that the Browns need an upgrade there, and they do. I just think D tackle makes more sense when you already have Amari Cooper and I'm paying him $20 million. Yeah. Another guy to uh, keep an eye on is, you know, I, I've been trying to you know keep track of this is Dalvin Tomlinson defensive tackle yeah. from the Minnesota Vikings. He's out there as well. If we're looking at interior guys, I think we've named the top two interior guys that are available maybe for the Browns to look at. 
Yeah, Tomlinson, he's not the pass rusher that I think the other two guys are, you know, especially Payne. I think Payne right. and Hargrave had 11, 11 and a half sacks this year. But Tomlinson, I feel, is more of a run stuffer. Uh, not that you don't need that, right? You probably need a combination. But listening to Jim Schwartz talk, he wants those D tackles to be aggressive. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I don't think you get, you know, like a 350 pound, like you're not going to get a Danny Shelton type guy, right? I think you need somebody that, whether it's run or pass, really can penetrate up the middle. And, you know, I, I like Hargrave and uh, Payne in that area. What about the linebacker position, Scotty? So many injuries last year. So I've lost track of who played at the end of the season, who was still up on their two feet in uniform on uh, you know Sunday playing, and who was it? Who's out of a contract because they're a free agent? Who isn't? So what's that position look like right now for the Browns? Yeah, from a big picture standpoint, Kenny, I think it's interesting because I mentioned Schwartz wanting his D lineman to attack. Well, then somebody's got to clean all that up, and and that's the linebackers, right? So if the defensive line is you know really penetrating and then the running back or whoever you know the running back and the offensive lineman are getting to that second level that puts a lot of responsibility on the linebacker so they they need to play better than they were last year they obviously they need to stay healthier than they were last year but you have JLK coming back he had a foot injury at the end of the year expected to be healthy so you have him but he's coming off an up and down season right I don't think he's established himself is a Pro Bowl caliber guy like the Browns hoped when they drafted him in the second round. And then everybody else is a question mark. Jacob Phillips, he's under contract, but he's been hurt his whole career and didn't play that well before he got hurt last year. Sione Takitaki played well, but he had an ACL in December. So, you know, I put some kind of back right around week one, and he's a free agent. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr. had the quad tendon injury, um, and he's a free agent. So, you know, I expect them to – they might re-sign both those guys, but it feels like they need to add one more guy, maybe a guy that Schwartz is familiar with, maybe just a proven guy um, because you have so many question marks coming off the injury and then just given the, the two years of performance of JOK. Scotty, what do they do with backup quarterback next year? That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't – it's not going to be Jacoby Brissett, right, because I think he's going to get more money and a better opportunity elsewhere. Now, if he doesn't, the Browns would be glad to have him back, but I, I just don't think that's realistic. They could bring back Joshua Dobbs to be the backup. You know, they cut him at the end of the year. He went and he played for Tennessee. Uh, I think that's a possibility. I don't know if they're ready to turn it over to Kellen Mond, who they, you know, picked up at the – right before the season started after the preseason last year, and they kept him on the roster all year. They like his upside, but hasn't played much. Um, Can you trust him if Watson misses any time? Uh, It seems like a stretch. So, uh, you know, I think it's Dobbs or somebody else cheap because they're not going to invest a bunch of money given what we talked about. Watson's making a ton, and you have to kind of skimp at other places, and I certainly think backup quarterback is going to be one of those spots. Scotty, we always appreciate the time. Great stuff, as always. Uh, We'll talk to you again next week, and uh, we'll see if there's any uh, rumors starting involving the Browns and who they might go after in free agency, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys.